0: Welcome to PCI Talk, where we keep up with the ever-changing world of
1: communications and public relations with Public Communications, Inc. Join us as our team of professionals bring you along on our journey with personal stories and industry insider knowledge from choosing an agency to crisis management and everything in between. PCI is a Chicago based full service communications agency serving clients that help our communities and the world in many industries, including healthcare, nonprofit, conservation, and more. Now, let's talk. Hello and welcome, everybody, to PCI Talks. Today, we are talking about creating a campaign. I am Emma Bruno, and I am joined by. Michelle Talbot. (laughs) So nice to have you on, Michelle. A little bit of background. I am a digital marketing coordinator here at PCI, so I work closely with all of our teams on creating digital content, social media content, and the like. And I am the art director, graphic designer here at
0: PCI, but I work on anything that needs to be designed, whether it's internal or... Um, client facing or for the client going to the public, any kind of design that needs to have done, I usually it comes through me.
1: Michelle is knowledgeable on all fronts. So it's awesome to have her on here today. So we're talking about creating a campaign today. Let's start from ground zero. What is a campaign? Well, a
0: campaign is just a group of communication materials that hold together as a piece. I think that one of the biggest mistakes that people make or because you're working in in silos or you're working with different departments where things don't look the same. The more that things look, have the same feeling and have the same type of messaging, the better the campaign is gonna hold together and the better your message is gonna be told throughout all the different platforms that the campaign will, will run.
1: Absolutely. I think we can all definitely think of an example where we've seen something that looks very disconnected from the rest of the brand and you're wondering how it even made it here. Having a set campaign is important as you're creating materials. So diving into creating a campaign, what would be your first step as a designer to start off creating a brand new campaign? Well, my first step
0: is getting to know the the client or the organization's brand. That's like number one. So um, whether I've done work with this client before, or this is the first time that we're doing it, I will make sure I know all of their colors and their fonts and any logos that exist. And then I would research other campaigns and see which ones kind of worked for them. Um, what type of mediums that we think we'd wanna do. Usually when when somebody's doing a campaign, there's usually a list, like we wanna do social media and we wanna do posters or things. I don't like to limit myself for that. Of course I would include that, but I always love coming up with things that a client didn't even think of that could go with the campaign. Another thing that I like to do is create a mood board because a mood board helps us under helps the client understand what we're going to make this look like and how it's going to feel and make sure sh- it's kind of like doing a temperature check like the the client would be like yes this is exactly you know how i wanted this to feel and then also it's really good that when you're like like six months into a campaign you can go back to the mood board
1: constantly
0: and always kind of remember where you started
1: Awesome. Is there a specific place that you feel like you pull um, inspiration for mood board from? I know, like I at the beginning of every year, I'll be like, okay, what do I want my you know twenty twenty two to look like? And I'm on Pinterest (laughs) finding a bunch of ideas. Um, Do you go to Pinterest when you're? Yeah, I was just
0: gonna say I go to Pinterest. That's like one. 1000%, I go to Pinterest, I love looking up palettes with Pinterest because they show, they'll show like, I'll be like blue palettes, and they'll show these beautiful photos. And then that photo leads to another photo and leads to another. The other thing I do is I'll go to the client's Instagram account, because usually those are the most visual, you know, Facebook and stuff. A lot of times they're not as visual, but usually Instagram accounts and I kind of see the type of imagery that they use and then of course I go to the website and I see what kind of images and it's always great when um, some some companies or organizations have like nothing for brand guidelines, which I'll actually create because you really need that And then others have very extensive brand guidelines where they even talk about like the personality of a photograph of a person. (laughs) So, um, that's where I start. And then it gets you excited. um, when you look at a mood board, um, like what you were saying, like for the year, You get excited because you're like, oh, I can see it.
1: (laughs) Right, absolutely. It gives you an idea of where the rest of the project is heading. Most of the time, I'm sure you're like right on the money and they're like, yes, this is exactly what I'm looking for. Do you ever have clients that are like, "Mm, I don't know, I feel like we might have missed a part on
0: this. Mood boards are like, I don't know what it is, but everybody loves mood boards because it's like, it's not a set thing. Like there's no writing. So as long as you did your research and you know what they're going for, they're usually excited because they see their own vision in the mood board. So mood boards get everybody excited. So I really like doing that. If I could start with a mood board for everything, I would do it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I love that. So step one in creating a campaign is doing your research so that you can create a mood board to ensure that you're encompassing everything that the client's looking for, different colors, imagery, all of that. Now I'm excited. I'm like, we should have done a mood board for this podcast. I love it. So after you have your mood board, you've got the client excited. Where do we head next?
0: I think where we head next is the other thing I always do, whenever I'm like, if it's a program, I'm like, let's do a logo. And I, it doesn't have to be a logo. It could be a mark, or it could be something that will live in every element so you know it's about this campaign. Okay. And I love, and also it makes the campaign special. You know, it's not just something that you thought about yesterday. It's something that... It's the ribbon know, tied
1: through the whole campaign.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And and it, it ties, you could be doing things like, you know, different types of photographs where you have people or you have just um, colors. But if you have that um, campaign logo or message or tagline, that holds it all together. I also like to always show what it would look like with their logo so that we all kind of, again, not working in silos, if if there's multiple um, departments or multiple people working on it, they all stay consistent in how they use the program or campaign logo or mark with the actual organization or company's logo
1: i don't often think about just you know as not a designer myself i don't always think about oh maybe we need a specific mark for this campaign but i feel like now that i'm thinking about it the ones that do have something special really feel like they are full campaigns and not just different materials, you know, in the same color palette, they really feel connected. So now I'm going to be thinking about that when I'm (laughs) looking at different campaigns. Now it's like I'm on a hunt to see um, whether there's a tagline or a logo. Um, That's really wonderful. I like that. Yeah. And it
0: it also helps too with recall, especially with social media and with um, digital ads, it goes so fast and people like see things in like a blip. And if they like recall, it's like, wait a minute. And it kind of will stop people in their tracks. So it's always kind of good to keep the rhythm going of those same elements that people can remember, like, oh, I saw that before.
1: Wonderful. So now I'm feeling, I'm feeling like our campaign is being created. We've got the look, the feel of it. Now what comes next? I'm, I'm assuming that we are actually going to start creating elements for the campaign. So what does that yeah. mean?
0: Yeah. So once you get that and you get the logo and the campaign, like maybe tagline, then you figure out what the medium you're, you're going to be doing. So Usually what we do now is um, there's gonna be some kind of social media posts. So you figure out what, what platforms, you know, which is usually like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and then possibly LinkedIn. So you have to figure out which platforms you wanna do it in. Um, then there's digital advertising, which is Google advertising, um, traditional advertising. There's marketing materials. know there's many different things when i design things i use um i usually do it in a program called illustrator and i use a giant Mm artboard. and i'll be creating a social media post but then i'm like okay how is this going to translate to a skyscraper um, vertical um ad so then i'll jump to the vertical ad and i'm like okay well I need to stack this differently. And then I may go back to the social post because that everything affects the other. And if it's a traditional advertising, again, I'm always kind of jumping back and forth for all the elements because sometimes things don't translate the best in other um, sizes and things like that. So I really look at, I'll do something as if it's a giant table and i'm just moving my pieces around and then you start honing in that's kind of like where i start and then also one thing that i think i do too is um you forget like a call to action which is the most important thing <laughs> because why else are you advertising so that's kind of a big thing you're first you got to have the looks they, you know they know who this message is coming from they know what the message is and then there is a call to action, you know, they know what to do next. So that's basically the, the main things that the piece that you did for the campaign needs to have.
1: I think that's interesting what you said, just to circle back on when you're creating, you start with a huge art board and you start to just build out social posts, everything all on one board so that you can see it all together and how they look side by side. Is that correct?
0: Yeah, and then the mood board is off to the side of the table where I have all my palette. So I'm always just being able to grab, you know, I only grab those colors. And then the palette may extend because then I'm like, hmm, I need to have some more secondary colors. I'm always working on this big table. Because then everything is holding together.
1: Awesome. Yeah. I know I have even um, been creating social posts for a client. And, you know, I'm starting off, I'm making them for specifically Facebook. So, of course, we've got the horizontal graphic that I'm creating. And then I have to translate that to the square on Instagram. So I can only imagine that when you are also adding in like out of home or like marketing materials, just how how cognizant you have to be that it's going to look great on all mediums. So,
0: you know, in some mediums are extremely different. We don't at PCI, we don't deal with a lot of. Um, outdoor, like giant billboards and things like that. I did a campaign that was, had all of that in direct mail for Children's Memorial Hospital, um, which is now Lori's Hospital. And we did that thing. We came up with, we had the logo and we came up with where kids come first. And that was in everything, even in the radio. Um, we always ended that where kids come first. And it just all kind of, it all held together and it all started the same way with a mood board um, that just showed what the tag was, what the, what the look was going to be, the type of feeling
1: it was going to convey and things like that. Awesome. So now once you have started creating all of your different imagery on different social channels and, you know, marketing materials, you have it all together, you make sure it looks like one cohesive and then do you turn it over to the clients and say, "Here's what we've got. Let me know what you think," or how does the um, editing and feedback process work um, from a designer's perspective?
0: Well, of course, we have um, internal because I got to make sure I'm crossing all the, uh, you know, what do you say, crossing the Ts and dotting the i's, especially with the um, at PCI. We deal with a lot of digital, and I need to make sure I'm communicating with the digital team to make sure I'm using like the proper hashtags. And, you know, is this the best size? Usually like, you know, when I work with the digital team, they'll tell me what the best sizes are. That's where I start to have, um, where I start working in tandem with the internal team. And then once we, we do that, I like, then we can do, do the, go to the client. And um, one thing that I do, which I like when I'm presenting something, it is very close to what it's going to look like. So the client knows exactly what they're going to see. And also it helps in um, production where I'm not like having to recreate the whole thing to, you know, to get it ready. It's just usually fine tuning Um, making sure sizes are correct, um, if it needs crops and bleeds, like all the technical production stuff. When we show the client, it's pretty close. Um, And usually there's rounds,
1: which is fine. (laughs) Right. So there's no surprises when it comes time to launch a campaign. The clients have a great idea of what materials are going to be launched because they've seen it. We have stuck to what we promised them, what we've talked about throughout the whole process. So at that point, you hand everything over to either our team, the digital team to post, or what does it look like for some of the other marketing materials? What does the delivery Um, of those? Yeah.
0: Like I will either, um, usually we, I work with the account person that would hand things off. If it was for a magazine publication, I go in and I find out, um, we are, we find out together what the magazine specs are, when the due dates are and either, um, depending on how it's set up, I will send it directly to the publications. Um, if it's, like a direct mail piece. I usually work with the printer and, um, we'll send it to the printer and, you know, traditional things, I'll approve proofs. I always see proofs cause you never like go, okay, it's done. Right.
1: <laughs> so, um,
0: yeah. So usually the digital, um, digital stuff just kind of goes through, um, you know, your group over in, over there. And, um, but anything printing wise, I usually see that through.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. So is there one medium that you is like your favorite to create for? Like, do you love creating billboards? I know you don't do a lot of that, but is there <laughs> one specifically that you find that, that, that you're like, this is my jam. I love creating for this. Um,
0: you know, it changes throughout. I've been doing this for like, I don't know, I'm going to say over 30 years. So, um, I've just adapted with all the different mediums. I think early in my career, I did a lot of um, product design, and that was really fun to do. Like actually coming up with, I used to do graphics for bell helmets, and then I'd get to go to the trade shows and I'd see people buying them. And, and I came up with like a toy and I would do movie posters. and. And then that translated to when I moved to Chicago, I did um, mostly TV, print, and outdoor. And that was all exciting and fun. I just feel like throughout the years, there's been different importance on different types of mediums. And Absolutely. I've learned to adapt to those. Um, so, but the things that I like to do, which has always been since the very beginning, is coming up with something completely unexpected in a campaign that the client didn't even think that was like like what you know i don't like doing um like we just recently did something for the glen ellen um where it was a race or something and we were going to do like the the grab bag or something and i don't like anything that's like stock i'm like right we got to come up with something more than a grab bag because nobody's gonna, they, people just kind of throw those away. So we came up, I came up with, um, cause it was a race. I'm like, why don't we have bananas and then put the sticker with the hashtag on all the bananas. And it's perfect. Cause you know, it's recyclable. It's people are gonna use it. and And if it makes somebody feel good you know, it's, it, it will, and I like that because it's not like you could use that for anything else. It's funny. Right. Like
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's how delightful, like that's something so unique and probably caught people's attention because you don't always see, you know, branded bananas like that. Yeah. Yeah. And
0: it's not like we're going to ever probably do this for anybody else. If that's what I love doing. I love doing something that the client knows that we really thought about this and we didn't just do our stock you know, right. It's not just a cookie cutter. It's not just a list. You may start with a list because the client says this is what their needs are, but we're always thinking of what's the best way to do this and maybe do something that's completely unique and, um, and the client owns it. So that's what I like to do the most is coming up with these little, I mean, it's like doing a banana sticker. I mean, but it was fun because I like it was fun.
1: <laughs> I love that. Can you tell me a little bit about the process of creating a call to action? Because I know that you want your call to action to stand out so that it's not just blending in with the rest of what you have going on, but you still want it to look like it's part of the campaign. So how does the call to action come together for you most of the time?
0: Um, well, it's different for everybody um usually it's a it's a website link or um we're asking people like use this hashtag or something like that and other things that it can even go to is um, creating a special landing page so we have like a portal that the people can go to so again that's even something we're controlling so you go to the landing page and it has the same look as the campaign, so they know they're in the right place. Um, or it can be a special email that we created for people to go to. So again, I like branding even the, um, the um, call URL. to action. Yeah, the URL, the ca- um, of course, all the hashtags. Um, but I like to make the, the call to action special and also make it obvious what we're asking them to do if they're going to donate if we need them to donate if we need them to sign up you know it's got to be completely specific not just click <laughs> you know you got right. you got to get them you know passionate about what they what they want to do um especially you know like for the donation type of stuff um you know with conservation we do a lot of that and I like to be very clear um Cause we did something where, you know, there was a movie that um, was made and, you know, it was like, it was the premiere of the movie. So we had many different calls of action. It was like leading up to the premiere, then watch it live. Then it's like, you know, then there was the donation um, case for support. So sometimes they change depending on the lifespan. Um, but I like to be very specific because that's what you measure. I mean, that's that's the bottom line. If nobody's everybody's seeing it and nobody clicks or nobody does the call to action, well, then the campaign really didn't <laughs> do its job. Right. It may look nice, but you gotta get them to do the next step.
1: It's definitely important that you start off with what's the objective? What goal are we trying to accomplish? And then how are we gonna measure that? I feel like that's where my team comes into play, especially on the digital side of things, is deciding, okay, for our social media, for example, on Facebook, what key performance indicators are we gonna be measuring? Is it going to be you know, clicks to the website, impressions, how many people have seen these ads? What is important for this campaign? So, I mean, depending on the goal of the campaign, if it's an awareness campaign, well, then great. We just want to get that in front of as many Mm -hmm. eyes as possible. And people are going to love to look at the beautiful things we've created. Or if we're more worried about, you know, conversions, then tracking our click-through rates, how many people followed the call to action and went directly to the link. Those are different things where for different campaigns, you're going to measure different things. Is there, do you have any other thoughts on measuring campaigns?
0: Yeah. There's also testing them, you know, do different messages and which ones track because campaigns usually don't just all drop on one day. It's usually, right. a, a, um, it's got a life expectancy. Some of it's like in the entire year. So the reason to measure is so you can course correct and change things or if something's working, you go, you know, you go and do that. And um, like when I was doing a lot of direct marketing for like big like credit card companies, we would do like 20 different um, messages and, you know, they all have codes at the bottom. This was before like social media. And we would track, you know, depending on um, the call to action would be different for every single one and then we'd be like, okay, this was the top, and then they'd roll that one out. So I like doing test things. I'm always asking, how did this do? How did this do? Because I want that affects how I'm going to keep doing the campaign or if the year campaign is over and then we're rolling out a different one or a new one or a refresh it's always important to see how the other one performed because you want to do the things that were working you 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 know look at that and maybe pull things with that and the things that weren't working you just yeah you don't do that anymore
1: (laughs) right no and um i know for a lot of the social campaigns that my team has worked on, we've done A-B testing. I I know actually on a couple, I just finished up a Google display campaign I was working on and we were doing A-B testing. So we had a graphic that included a little call out that said register now. And then one graphic that didn't include that. And we just wanted to take the first 30 days of our 90 day campaign to let both of them run, see where we were at. And then at, Once we let both of them run and we could see which one was more well-received, we said, okay, we're just going to stick with the one that does include the call out because the click-through rate was, you know, X, Y, and Z amount higher. So I guess my question is when it comes to like A-B testing, do you usually say, you know, here are two graphics, um, two options that you can use or, most of the time, is it a client coming back to you and saying, hey, we would love another option or how, do, how does A-B testing work from a uh, design
0: perspective? It seems like we kind of been doing it internally. Um, okay. Design wise, it would be more of like, um, is it more emotional using photographs of, of um, like, is it the photographs of the patients or the doctors or, you know, depending on the organization or is it something that's more graphic and text based? Um, that hooks, you know, that gets, draws people in. Um, a lot, most of the time, it's the emotional connection. If you can connect with the with the consumer and um, how they feel, those are usually the ones that are the most successful.
1: Oftentimes, unless there's some kind of emotional connection or emotional response, nobody is going to take any action. Therefore, your call to action is mute. So Making sure that whatever materials are created, they invoke emotion in the viewer, I think is probably one of the most important parts of any campaign because whatever the goal is, you want people to do something, either be aware of your product or service or follow a certain step, click through to a website. And they're not going to do that if they, they feel apathetic towards the content that's in front of them. So I think that's a really great point. Your campaign
0: is you're not trying to reach everybody, you know, that's why it shouldn't be generic, it needs to be as direct to your target as possible because that is who you're trying to get. You don't want everybody in the world, you want the people that you're trying to talk to, and uh, right,
1: your desired target audience. Mm-hmm. So, I guess before we start the actual creation of a camp- of campaign materials it's important to decide what the goal of the campaign is who your target audience is another thing before you start a campaign is what's your budget Like, if you're going to be doing digital advertising, you have to have, you know, a set budget. If you're going to be buying Facebook ads, we can't just be going crazy and charging the clients credit cards. We've got to decide um, a proper budget before the materials get in your hands, Michelle. All of that should be (laughs) squared away. And also campaigns
0: can have multiple targets. Um, Sometimes it's just one, I guess, but a lot of times it's more than that, especially like with um, you know doctors versus patients versus talking to moms with kids, different targets. But it's still the same campaign. But they—they should. They're not all going to look alike. It should still all work together.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's that's a great point. Is you're not going to maybe you're not going to use the same verbiage when you're talking to moms with newborn babies as you would when you're talking to delivery room doctors, where it's the same. It might be the same brand, the same overall message but the tone that you use maybe the color palette that you choose for doctors versus those patients is going to be completely different Mm -hmm. but you may have that campaign mark that ties it up through all social channels or all targets that lets you realize that this is all part of the same campaign well Michelle, I want to thank you so, so much for walking us through your process of creating a campaign. I really appreciate you sharing that with us. And do you have any final thoughts here on creating campaigns?
0: No, I think I kind of said it. I just, um, again, I just always like to be as unique as possible. Um, If you're going to put it out there, then do something good.
1: (laughs) i love that i think that's what makes our campaigns at pci so special is they're not just cookie cutter campaigns that every other agency or every other client is putting out there we put a lot of thought and consideration into what we put out there and i definitely think that it shows so and also thank you for joining us on the podcast today michelle it was lovely to speak with you
0: oh well thank you so i hope that somebody learned something or they are excited.
1: (laughs) Please like and subscribe on all of our channels and check out um, PCIPR.com for more PCI Talks. And Michelle, I hope we hear from you again soon. Thank you so
0: much. Thanks for listening to PCI Talk. We'll see you next time. And in the meantime, check us out on social media for more insider information.